Trail Runners, welcome back to Chasing Gold Black Canyon Edition, back in the desert. Woo! We are chatting with the front runners coming to the Black Canyon 100K, trying to get one of those two gold, coveted golden tickets to the Western States Endurance Run. Today on the show, we have Miss Georgia Adventure Porter. That is her middle name, Adventure. Georgia runs with Solomon and the Aravipa Racing Team. She is an Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon. She was the recent winner of the 50 mile at Frenzy Golden Shoe. She was the outright winner at the Run Rabbit Run 50 mile. She's got wins at Tushers at Crown King. And last year, she came to the Black Canyon course and raced for second in the Black Canyon 60K. Georgia, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's talk a little background. I've been fortunate enough to see you race a few times and you seem to blow the field out of the water. Let's talk about that road background and why you decided to transition to trails. Mm. Yeah, so I started running a little bit later in life when I was in my mid-20s. And then I ran track for a couple seasons and then I switched over to the roads because I just kind of thought that that's the natural progression and what you should do. So I spent five or six years on the roads. Didn't really love it a whole lot. I had some good moments, but what I loved most is when I was running on the roads, I actually spent a lot of time training on the trails as much as I could. And I just kind of had this weird idea in my head that I needed to wait until I was done doing something on the roads to go to the trails um, until the end of 2021 I raced the Chicago Marathon I was super overtrained super unenjoyable experience I suffered a lot <laughs> during that race and like literally during the race in my mind I was like I am switching to trails so uh, yeah 2022 I jumped all in haven't touched pavement since probably will wow. not again wow that is that is interesting because I do love trails, but I do spend a lot of time on the road just because it's it's easy. It's easy for me to get out the door. Kudos to you. And obviously, the the background in endurance sport you're running a lot has led to immediate success on the trails. Talk to us about that. You came into the scene. Um, you're you're doing pretty good. Not gonna lie, Georgia, you're crushing. <laughs> um, but was, I mean, when you, I mean, obviously you're showing up so, so fit. Are you, did you anticipate having the success you're having now already? Or did you think uh, you were going to have some, some learning curves? I feel like I went into this whole trail thing really not with any particular expectations. Another big part of the reason why I transitioned is because I lost my joy for running and I wanted to find that again. So the whole past year has really been about prioritizing and enjoying this whole running thing, the training, the racing, all parts of it. So I feel like the outcomes and some of the success I've had have been just that they've been the outcomes of this experience. Uh, it's funny because my first ultra was the Black Canyon 60K. And I have to say that was a very humbling experience for me <laughs> because I was like, oh, yeah, this will be easy. It's, this I'll run downhill for a while. It'll feel great. And I did all the mistakes that you can do. I went out way too hard. <laughs> I, tried to run with, I tried to run with Katie Asmith for a while, and she just absolutely destroyed me out there. Um, I ran out of water. I got lost. Oh. I just did all the things that you 
you know, usually you space these mistakes out over a few races. I just got them all in in one race. So nice. that was a great humbling experience. I feel like I learned a lot from it. Um, and I think another part of what has been successful for me is that I did spend time on trails before jumping into the scene. So I didn't strictly come off the roads. I, I know what the trails are like. I just didn't run any of the big girl trails at that point, which <laughs> that's what I've been doing this all last year. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, hopefully you got you got all the mistakes out of the way in one race. Hopefully they won't come yeah. back anymore. We've all made each and one each one of those. I've made them many times in my career. Um, sure, I will again. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. Um, how about what does the training look like? I mean, I can probably imagine what the training looks like for you as a road marathoner. I think a lot of us are very familiar with that. And then when you transition. What does that landscape look like in programming of workouts? Are you programming your own calendar? Do you work with a coach? And how does that look? Do the workouts look similar um, in terms of, say, threshold workouts or long workouts? Are you still doing those kind of things? Yeah, so I'm coached by Josh Eberly, who runs for Adidas. He's an awesome human, a great coach, and... I started working with him at the beginning of last year. I knew I needed a coach. I'm somebody that if I try to program my own stuff, I tend to program way too much. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've actually, the funny thing is since switching into ultras, I'm actually running less mileage and I still run pretty high volume. Like this season, I think we peaked out between 105 and 110 and I ran some pretty consistent weeks over a hundred. Um, but on the road scene, I was trying to push 120s. So mm. I've actually reeled it in a little bit. It's probably comparable time on feet just because the trails are slower. Sure. Um, but it's been helpful. A lot less doubles. Uh, so on the roads, when I was running those crazy mileage weeks, I was doing a ton of doubles and not wanting to do very many longer runs midweek. Whereas mm -hmm. with this training, especially with some of our peak weeks, I'll run a midweek long run. Um, not quite as long as my weekend long run, but it'll be up there um, 15 to 20 miles. So that's a big change. Um, workouts are uh, easier also um, in terms of they're what I enjoy in a workout. So just longer efforts, not trying to go to the well every single workout, not trying to blow the doors off, just this really long sustained strength work. Uh, we do throw speed in there. It's not my forte, I'll be honest, uh, but we throw it in there just to stay in touch with those gears, uh, but a lot less of us than when I was running on the roads. Cool. Thanks for the, Thanks yeah. for all the info. That was great. The other yeah. piece, which I'm going to have you maybe do some a little explaining, this is a piece on the nutrition and hydration side. As you know, you really can't get into trouble in the marathon. Sure, you can bonk at two hours and you can kind of gut it out. You might not, not have your best performance. Um, and obviously... I personally feel like I've seen a lot of elite road marathoners struggle because they do not understand the relationship between hydration, fueling, and these extreme distances. But you're racing well. Obviously, you've gotten this pretty sorted. What does that look like for you on race day? Like, How are you getting in all those fluids? How are you getting in all those calories? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a good point because I feel like it's part an endurance race and then part an eating competition. Um, and I'm fortunate that my stomach tolerates nutrition really, really well. I've never had um, issues with like nausea or throwing up or anything yet. Hopefully 
Um, and one of my biggest uh, mentors in this area, Lindsay McDonald. I'll give my girl a shout out. Lindsay. Um, Lindsay, she, <laughs> I started running with her and I instantly realized I was not consuming enough on runs. That girl will put down 400 calories an hour, no problem. And so I realized that that benchmark of what I used to have, like during a marathon would be maybe 200, maybe 300, but probably closer to two, uh, needed to be a lot higher. So um, I have a formula that works for me I try to get close above 300 always per hour. Um, so far, liquid nutrition, just because I haven't been doing anything crazy long. I think once I transition to the 100 mile, probably solid food will be important. But right now I take scratch, which I know you use also. I do. And my electrolytes. And then I use spring energy. Um, so they're nice. They're 180 calories a pop for the awesome sauce. So I'm usually taking those every 30 to 40 minutes. And then I go for that Coke at aid stations the second half of the race. Sometimes I'm just getting aid station to aid station, just like waiting to get a huge thing of Coke. Um, so that's how I get those other calories in too, wow. especially towards the end of the Georgia, you and I have the exact same fueling strategy. I don't drink any water. It's all scratch. The second half of the race, I am hitting Coke at every aid station, and I am taking Spring Energy Awesome Sauce every 30 to 40 minutes. People, we got a blueprint for you right here. <laughs> this is it. So, Just... so you're saying if I wear a white button down, I'm basically <laughs> you. Do I need you, to do this at Black Canyon? If you wear a white button down, you basically have a golden ticket. That's. I think that. I think we figured that out right here. Just wear the white Perfect. button down. You got it. I do have some water. I usually do scratch and water, but my scratch is really concentrated. And the water, I'm just typically taking it with the gel to help it go down. Sure, sure. Um, and then race day. Let's talk a little bit about race day. What is your mentality going to be? I don't know. I don't want you to spill all your secrets here, but I know I have a strategy when I go to race day that I've thought through this is how I need to execute. I know a lot of athletes maybe don't do this. They show up and see what happens. I know everyone's different. What works for one doesn't work for someone else. So are you an athlete? Are you thinking about what do I consciously need to do at different sections of the race? Or are you showing up being like, we're going to see what happens and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out? Yeah, it's probably a blend of both. Um, I'm really particular with when I set goals and strategies for a race because I found what really doesn't serve me is to think about placing or paces. I don't make any placing goals or time-based goals. I've just found that that does not help me run well. Mm -hmm. So I really am thinking in terms of effort and I haven't run a hundred K before, so this is going to be a new experience for me. Um, but what has worked well is I usually like to break the race up into chunks. And so for this race, um, it has felt very natural to break it up into basically roughly thirds. So the beginning to Bumblebee, Bumblebee to Black Canyon, and then Black Canyon to the end. And so for me, I'm how I want those sections to feel. I know I want the first section to be lot, um, and I don't want to be you know, going crazy the first 20 miles of the first. It doesn't mean I'm going to be complacent and be slush jogging it, but I want to be well with it. Um, the middle section of the race, I definitely want to bring some focus and be moving very efficiently. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of the course. And so um, it can it's not the most flowy part of the race. If you remember, um, there's a lot of stuff that can kind of throw your flow off. So I want to stay really present and mindful of how I'm running and not to lose that efficiency. 
And then from Black Canyon to the end, that's the race. That's mm-hmm. when I'm ready to um, really start pushing, really start, um, you know, reeling people in and making my moves. Absolutely. That was my strategy as well. I like it. If I can give you one tip, and I've given it to a few people here, if it is a hot year, no one is going to do this, and I can tell you everyone should be doing it. Everyone should be taking a third bottle out of Black Canyon City because you're going to wish you had it. You're going to run out of fluids. You're not going to need it after Black Canyon City again until you get to Table Mesa. Those two sections, I can guarantee you will finish both bottles before you get there. So consider, if you have crew, tell them, even if you take a third bottle and leave it after Black Canyon City, you will want a third bottle from Black Canyon City to Table Mesa. I will do it. Before we jump into the fast-paced fartlek round, I do want to give some plugs. First off, Georgia is a coach. She coaches at Team Run Run. You can find her there. She's an excellent coach. She also is part of the All In Trail Collective, which is mentoring and coaching a wide variety of uh, diverse athletes. And she does trail work in Flagstaff. Georgia, you are the trail runner that we all aspire to be. You're out here crushing and you're giving back. So thank you for being in our sport. Love to be here. With that said, are you ready for the 10-question fast-paced fartlek round? Well, I mentioned speed isn't my thing, so we'll see. (laughs) Bring it up. All right. Question number one. What sneakers will you be wearing at the Black Canyon 100K? I just made this decision last week. Um, I think I'm going to do the S-Lab Pulsars. The Solomon nice, S-Lab Pulsar. great sneak. They're, they're light and they're pretty minimal, but man, I've run a couple spots on the course with them and they feel so good. Nice. All right, you already answered this one, but I got to ask, first ultra marathon and when? Black Canyon 60K last year. It all went wrong there, except puking, which (laughs) is not going to happen this year either. Right. All right. You get to choose the song that starts the race. What is Georgia Porter's walkout song going to be? I'm glad I asked you before this if I could swear or not. So (laughs) I will will edit this one. But um, definitely some Rage Against the Machine, especially the song where the lyrics are like, F you, I won't do what you tell me. I love it. I love it. All right, Black Canyon is is known to either have very hot years or very wet years. If you had your choice, would you prefer a very hot or a very wet year? Oh, bring on the rain. I'm from the <laughs> Northwest, so bring, bring it, it on. on. All right, guilty pleasure question. You're in the supermarket each week. What guilty pleasure somehow finds its way into your grocery cart every week? Oh, man, can I give you, like, a top three? <laughs> sure. Especially with high-volume training. Um, definitely ice cream sandwiches, mac and cheese. Those would be my top two, but I feel no guilt about it. Oh, yeah, definitely no guilt. <laughs> ice cream sandwiches, definitely number one answer. If this show turns into Family Feud, ice cream sandwiches would be the number one answer on the board. Nice. First word that comes to mind when I say Black Canyon 100K. Epic. Epic. All right. How about, do you have, question number seven, so you know where we are on this. Do you have any race day superstitions? Oh. Um, this isn't a race day one, but I do it 
before every run, but I, so I will also be doing it before race day, but I like to touch the ground and do some, it's called grounding, but just really tuning in with where I am, how the earth feels and giving some gratitude before I go out on the run. Love it. All right. Are we going to see Georgia Porter in shades or no shades on race day? No shades. No shades. Be wearing a hat. How about secret weapon in the second half of a race? What do you got up your sleeve? Anything? Does Coke count? Coke counts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, that is definitely my secret weapon. The, the ability to drink copious amounts of Coca-Cola without barfing. Yeah, that is, I've heard Red Bull, but Coke, Coke's where it's at. Last question, putting you on the spot. Georgia Porter, what place are you finishing the Black Canyon 100K in? Doesn't matter as long as I run my fastest race. Love it. Georgia, thank you for coming on. We will see you at Mayor High School at the Black Canyon 100K.